Director as well, anchor and manager of Michelle 101. Today, hope you get a chance to just enjoy some of the fun, exciting events that are happening in or around the local area. If you get a chance, you can head downtown and listen to the read the elf story that I previously recorded and take a look at all the beautiful trees that are up. Sometimes we just need to take a break. Today, we will just be having a random session. Parents are put together as we just, like I said, take a break. Sometimes we get lost of the world and we forget 
what's important. And we forget that we just need to chill. Sometimes it's best that we chill and take a look around and count all the blessings that we have in our life. Take care and have a wonderful day. Greetings. I am Pastor Joel of Heart City Church. Today we're wrapping up this week's Advent theme of love. And the Apostle John writes in 1 John 4, 7-9, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. John tells us love came down from heaven when Jesus, the Son of God, entered our world. God revealed he was love and that he loved by giving this greatest of all gifts. And this is part of the reason that gift giving has become connected to Christmas. And gift giving can be so hard for this very reason. What we give and how much we spend can be indicators of our love. Now I stress the can be. Amy Carmichael, the missionary to India, once said, One can give without loving, but one cannot love without giving. And our materialistic culture is full of trappings. So, how can we communicate the love of God in our giving, as John calls us to? How can we think more biblically about our Christmas giving? Well, first, if you want to show God's love, make sure that you do not neglect giving to those who are truly needy. After all, the reason God gave his son is because of our need. We were children of darkness, so God sent the light of the world. We were starving, so God sent the true bread from heaven. We need to care for those who are truly needy. Second, consider how John calls us to imitate the love God has shown us. And John will go on to say that Christ's atoning sacrifice is the second manifestation of love. We are to love like Jesus did in his incarnation and in paying for our sins on the cross. And you're thinking, Joel, those are two things I cannot do. God put human legs on his heart, a walk of love for all to see that culminated at the cross where Jesus paid the cost for our forgiveness. And yes, friend, we cannot do either of those. But I think John's point is that Jesus' great acts of love reconciled men to God. Jesus gave and loved by his acts of service to men, and so should we, by giving and loving in selfless ways that will push our friends, others, towards their Creator. I'd suggest that selfless acts like buying a hungry person a meal or spending time with a lonely relative do exactly that. You're actually showing people the age to come that Jesus ushered in, the kingdom of heaven, where there are no hungry people, no lonely people. You can push people towards heaven with selfless acts. And as you do, others may ask you, why are you doing what you're doing? And you'll have time, opportunity, to give a reason for the hope within you. Third, let's remember love like God's is costly, but let's not forget who benefits. Paul will say in Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2, Be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love 
as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Paul understands the cost to Jesus. Jesus left heavenly glory for our dark world to add to himself all our weaknesses. He took on a belly that got hungry, feet that got sore, skin that grew hot. More, he took on a head that would be scratched with thorns, a back to be ripped apart by a whip, hands and feet to be stretched out and pierced, and lungs that struggled to take in air so that he might pray for us. This was so costly, and Paul calls us to imitate God, to imitate Christ, but he helps us by reminding us first that we are God's children. We love and give like the Father's own Son did because we too now are his children. And he also adds when we do, our Father benefits. Paul says Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Jesus' love was active horizontally, but it was also a gift to his Father. The fragrance of it rose vertically, and the Father benefited. So this Christmas, as we think biblically about loving by giving, let's seek to truly bless the needy ones. Let's seek to give in active ways that push others to God. And let's remember that such love, yes, is truly costly. But now that love has come down, your love can rise up. All your investment of love horizontally as a vertical direction. My friend, remember who you are and who you belong to. Christmas good at our 
Looking to look for some Christmas lights? You can head over to Winding Brook Park over Mishpuck, Indiana for their gift to the community Christmas lights. They are recognized for the holiday decoration displayed by its residents every year at Christmas time. They have been fortunate enough in recent years to help others with their beautiful light displays. Through generous donations of the thousands of volunteers who drive through the neighborhood each December, we are able to contribute thousands of dollars every year to local charities. The local charities that will be supported this year are AARC, InSource, Children's Dispensary, Tri-Kappa, Trinity School at Greenlands, raising money for St. Baca Vocational Training Center, PHM Education Foundation, Family Justice Center, Blue Star Mothers, and they are asking everyone to please come out and enjoy our gift to the community. And this will take place on December 8th to 11th, as well as December 14th to 25th from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. Take care and have a wonderful day.
for something fun to do this holiday season, here is another event just for you. You can join the premiere art at the Elkhart Learner Theater with Breakfast with Buddy the Elf. And this will take place on Saturday, December 17th, with the cost being $25 per person, per guest. And the times will be as follow. It will take place 9 to 10 o'clock, 9.30 to 10.30, or 10 o'clock to 11. If you would like to have breakfast with Buddy the Elf, head over to www.premierearth.org and sign up to get your ticket with Buddy the Elf. Take care and have a wonderful night. Elf, based on the film written by David Burnabom and illustrated by Kim Smith.
This is the story of how Buddy the Elf saved Christmas. It's a story that begins many years ago. One Christmas Eve, Santa Claus slid down the chimney of an orphanage with his sack full of toys. While he was eating some cookies the children had left out for him, a little baby crawled into his sack. On Christmas morning, Santa and his elves were celebrating another successful year of gift giving when they heard a strange noise coming from the toy sack. It was a baby! One of the older elves adopted the baby and named him Buddy. The Code of the Elves. Number one, treat every day like Christmas. Number two, there's room for everyone on the nice list. And number three, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Although Buddy grew twice as fast, he was no different from the other elf children. And he had more Christmas spirit than anyone. But it wasn't always easy being a human in an elf's world. Buddy could never make toys as fast as the other elves could. I'm the worst toy maker in the world. I'm a cotton-headed ninny-muggins. You're not a cotton-headed ninny-muggin. You're just special. Buddy did his best to fit in, but Papa Elf knew that he had to tell Buddy the truth. Papa Elf told the story of how Buddy had come to the North Pole as a baby. His human father, Walter, never knew that Buddy was born. Walter lived in a magical place called New York City with his family. But that wasn't all. Santa had one more surprising thing to tell Buddy. Your father, he's on the naughty list. No! Some people just lose sight of what's important in life, Santa explained. That doesn't mean he can't find his way again. Maybe all he needs is a little Christmas spirit. Buddy was determined to bring Christmas cheer to his father and to all of New York City. If he could, Buddy said goodbye to Santa, the elves, and Papa Elf. He knew they would always be there for him. Bye, Buddy. Hope you find your dad. Buddy traveled through seven levels of the candy cane forest, past the sea of swirly-twirly gumdrops, and then he walked through the Lincoln Tunnel. Buddy quickly learned that New York City truly was a magical place. He made new friends, got his shoe shined, ran circles through the revolving door, and played hopscotch on the crosswalk. Finally, Buddy went to see his father, who worked in an office in the Empire State Building. But Buddy's dad didn't want to see him. He didn't believe that Buddy was his son or an elf and he ordered him to leave. Buddy was beginning to understand why Walter was on the naughty list. Buddy left feeling discouraged, but then he saw something that made him smile. A big store all decked out for Christmas. Inside, a girl named Jovi was decorating a Christmas tree. Buddy was glad to meet another human who shared his appreciation for elf culture. Jovi told him that Santa would be visiting the store the next day. Buddy was so excited to see Santa again. 
Buddy stayed up all night decorating the store in preparation for Santa's arrival. But when Santa arrived the next morning, Buddy realized that he was an imposter. You smell like beef and cheese. You're not the real Santa. You sit on a throne of lies. Buddy ripped off the fake Santa beard and all the children screamed. He caused such a bruckus that the store manager called Buddy's dad to pick him up. Buddy met his dad's wife, Emily, and their son, Michael. They were much friendlier than his dad. At dinner, Buddy told his family about the four main food groups that the elves eat. Candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. Buddy had a whole list of things that he wanted to do with his dad. Number one, make snow angels for two hours. Number two, go ice skating. Number three, eat a whole roll of cookie dough as fast as we can. And number four, snuggle. But Buddy's dad didn't want to do any of those things. All he wanted to do was work. This weird new tool is quickly becoming the most popular Christmas gift of 2022. So, Buddy went to work with his dad. He tried coffee. He helped answer the phones. Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? And he sorted packages in a shiny mailroom. Buddy hadn't forgotten about Jovi, the girl from the store. On Christmas Eve, they skipped down the sidewalk together. He showed her a sparkly Christmas tree in a shop window. And Jovi showed Buddy the biggest tree in all of New York City. Buddy was so excited that he interrupted a big meeting at his dad's office to tell him all about Jovi. I'm in love. I'm in love and I don't care who knows it. But Buddy's dad didn't want to be interrupted. Get out. Buddy was so upset that he decided to run away. He left a note behind. I'm sorry I ruined your lives and crammed 11 cookies into the VCR. I don't belong here. I don't belong anywhere. I'll never forget you. Love, Buddy. When Michael told his dad that Buddy was missing, Walter felt sorry for yelling at him. He knew what he had to do. Walter's boss didn't want him to leave the meeting, but Walter said that nothing was more important than finding his son. Buddy was on his way out of the city, but then he saw something strange overhead. It was Santa's sleigh, and it was falling from the sky. Buddy found Santa in Central Park. My sleigh can't fly without Christmas spirit. And there's no Christmas spirit anymore, Santa explained. I need an elf's help. Santa, I'm not an elf. Buddy, you're more of an elf than anyone I've ever met. Suddenly, Walter and Michael burst through the trees. They've been looking for Buddy all night. Buddy, I need to apologize to you, Walter said. You've been right about everything, and I don't want you to leave. You're my son, and I love you. I love you too, Dad. While Buddy helped Santa fix the sleigh, 
Walter and Michael joined Emily and Jovi in the crowd outside Central Park. They needed to help people find their Christmas spirit. Jovi remembered something that Buddy had told her. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. One by one, everyone began to sing. It's working, Buddy exclaimed. Everyone, except for Walter. Dad, you have to sing. Finally, Walter joined in. Santa Claus is coming to town. Just in the nick of time, Santa's sleigh soared into the sky. There was so much Christmas spirit in the air that the sleigh flew all the way to the top of the Empire State Building. The next day was Christmas. It was the best Christmas ever because Buddy got to spend it with his whole family, doing all his favorite things, singing, giving gifts, and snuggling. And that's the story of how, with a little help, Buddy the Elf managed to save Christmas. And his spirit saved a lot of other people, too. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Want to check?
Join me as we continue our Advent series reading. Today, we look at Luke 2, verses 1 through 5. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Aquarius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered to each his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because of he was ha- was of the house and language of David, to be registered with Mary, he bethrothed, who was with the child. This is the part of the story where we hear about Joseph. Joseph has yet has not seen the angel; he does not know that Mary is with child. So he's heading up to be registered. And go, Joseph is from Galilee, and so he's heading to Bethlehem because he is part of the language of David. And he has a register with Mary, but also with the child she is carrying. And so at this point, you hear Mary's story. Mary has her song. She sees Elizabeth. Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist, who is Jesus' cousin. And so, once Elizabeth, and once Mary enters the room, John the Baptist starts kicking at Zach, uh, Elizabeth's stomach, which he had to know the Holy Spirit was there. So they're cousins. And so they're going up to register. And whether or not we don't see why they don't mention Joseph's story in here at all before now, who knows. But as the story continues on, what you hear about, there is more stuff that's happening. And so are we going to hear about Joseph or are they leaving that part out? We've been spending quite a few days looking at Luke 1, where it starts off with the story of how Jesus was being born. And we start off with Luke 1, 20, Luke 1, 27, Luke 1, 27, 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin bethrothed to a man whose name is Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And so, at the beginning of the Jesus story, Gabriel has, a, has appeared to Mary and telling Mary that she's with child and that God has found favor with her, but Joseph has not known this yet. The angel tells Mary she's not to be afraid. How would you feel if you were told by an angel that you were pregnant with the Lord Jesus Christ? She questions the angel Gabriel by saying, How will this be since I am a virgin? Which has heard the angel's response is, The Spirit will be upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born is to be called the Holy Son of God. 
But she also finds out Elizabeth is also conceiving a son who is name will be John. And then they skip over a few verses and they go directly into when Mary visits Elizabeth. The baby that's Elizabeth's womb is John. Elizabeth Joy. Did they know that Jesus was there? And then we go into a song of Mary where she praises the Lord Jesus Christ. And then they go into, they skip a whole entire section of the birth of Jesus. John the Baptist gets skipped entirely for this advent. The whole thing. And so they just skip that entirely for who knows what. So then we caught up to today to where they are now being registered. But it appears that Gabriel has not attended, has not appeared to Joseph yet. Joseph does not know that Mary was expectant with the baby of the Holy Spirit. He's not know. And so eventually the story goes on, which you will hear the coming weeks until we get to the end of what's happening. There's a lot that has happened in this story. There's a lot going on. What we know is that Jesus is being born. He's coming. This Advent season is about waiting patiently for the Lord Jesus Christ. And depending on if you follow the traditional Advent, you learn about hope, peace, love, and joy. And different church congregations will break that down to different ideas of how to look at that. It's a time where we think of others as we wait for Lord Jesus Christ. And so a lot of time churches will have five pilar candles that are lit each week where a family or such reads a reading, and that reading correlates to one of the candles. Or there will be an activity scene, and there's no baby Jesus not in the activity scene. But on Christmas Day, he eventually makes his way to the activity scene. As you hear bits and pieces of the Christmas story, there's a lot of unknowns. How did the Holy Spirit, who is God, entrust his life into Mary's body, who is a virgin, also Joseph is a virgin? And so, how did that happen? We don't know how that happened. And so, of course, you're going to be terrified. You're going to be petrified because, oh, there's no way I could be pregnant. I'm a virgin. We still don't know what Joseph's story yet. So eventually, will we know Joseph's side of the story? We will know Joseph's side of the story. If you're familiar with the Christmas story, there's a lot happening in that Christmas story. From Jesus being born, to Gabriel showing up to Mary first. Why does he appear to Mary first, not Joseph first? We also don't know. Like you're, They usually don't talk about the birth of John the Baptist, which is a critical part of the story. Did Elizabeth's baby know that the Holy Spirit was there at that time? We don't know. But based on the reading, we can think that, yes, he did know because the baby was leaping for joy in the womb as soon as Mary entered. And so stay tuned as we go more into the Jesus story and how it transpires, transpires to who we are now. So continue on this Advent season, thinking of ways that you can pause 
for the Lord Jesus Christ. Take care and have a wonderful day.
the schoolhouse, on the way to the schoolhouse, on talking about what happens in the schoolhouse. Both my parents were educators. My maternal grandparents were educators. And for the past 40 years, I've done the same thing. And so needless to say, over those years, I've had a chance to look at education reform from a lot of perspectives. Some of those reforms have been good. Some of them have been not so good. And we know why kids drop out. We know why kids don't learn. It's either poverty, low attendance, negative peer influences. We know why. But one of the things that we never discuss or we rarely discuss is the value and importance of human connection, relationships. James Comer says that no significant learning can occur without a significant relationship. George Washington Carver says all learning is understanding relationships. Everyone in this room has been affected by a teacher or an adult. For years, I have watched people teach. I have looked at the best and I've looked at some of the worst. A colleague said to me one time, they don't pay me to like the kids. They pay me to teach a lesson. The kids should learn it. I should teach it. They should learn it. Case closed. Well, I said to her, you know, kids don't learn from people they don't like. <laughs> she said, that's just a bunch of hooey. And I said to her, well, your year is going to be long and arduous, dear. Needless to say, it was. Some people think that you can either have it in you to build a relationship or you don't. I think Stephen Covey had the right idea. He said you ought to just throw in a few simple things, like seeking first to understand as opposed to being understood. Simple things like apologizing. You ever thought about that? Tell a kid you're sorry, they're in shock. I taught a lesson once on ratios. I'm not real good with math, but I was working on it. <laughs> and I got back and looked at that teacher edition. I taught the whole lesson wrong. <laughs> so I came back to class the next day and I said, look, guys, I need to apologize. I taught the whole lesson wrong. I'm so sorry. I said, that's okay, Miss Pearson. You were so excited. We just let you go. <laughs> classes that were so low, so academically deficient that I cried. I wondered, how am I going to take this group in nine months from where they are to where they need to be? And it was difficult. It was, it was awfully hard. How do I raise the self-esteem of a child and his academic achievement at the same time? One year, I came up with a bright idea. I told all my students, you were chosen to be in my class. Because I am the best teacher and you are the best students, they put us all together so we could show everybody else how to do it. One of the students said, really? I said, really? We have to show the other classes how to do it. So when we walk down the hall, people will notice us. So you can't make noise, you just have to strut. And I gave him a saying to say, I am somebody. I was somebody when I came. I'll be a better somebody when I leave. I am powerful and I am strong. I deserve the education that I get here. I have things to do, people to impress, and places to go. And they said, yeah. 
you say it long enough, it starts to be a part of you. And so, I gave a quiz, 20 questions. Student missed 18. I put a plus two on his paper and a big smiley face. <laughs> he said, Miss Pearson, is this an F? I said, yes. He said, then why'd you put a smiley face? I said, cause you on the roll. You got two right, you didn't miss them all. I said, and when we review this, won't you do better? He said, yes, ma'am, I can do better. You see, minus 18 sucks all the life out of you. Plus two said, I ain't all bad. Four years, I watched my mother take the time at recess to review, go on home visits in the afternoon, buy combs and brushes and peanut butter and crackers to put in her desk drawer for kids that needed to eat and a washcloth and some soap for the kids who didn't smell so good. See, it's hard to teach kids who stink. <laughs> and kids can be cruel. And so she kept those things in her desk and years later, after she retired, I watched some of those same kids come through and say to her, you know, Miss Walker, you made a difference in my life. You made it work for me. You made me feel like I was somebody when I knew at the bottom I wasn't. And I want you to just see what I've become. And when my mama died two years ago at 92, there were so many former students at her funeral. It brought tears to my eyes, not because she was gone, but because she left a legacy of relationships that could never disappear. Can we stand to have more relationships? Absolutely. Will you like all your children? Of course not. <laughs> and you know your toughest kids are never absent. <laughs> never. You won't like them all. And, and, and the, the, the tough ones show up for a reason. It's the connection. It's the relationships. And while you won't like them all, the key is they can never, ever know it. So teachers become great actors and great actresses. And we come to work when we don't feel like it. And we listen to policy that doesn't make sense. And we teach anyway. We teach anyway because that's what we do. Teaching and learning should bring joy. How powerful would our world be if we had kids who, who were not afraid to take risks, who were not afraid to think, and who had a champion? Every child deserves a champion, an adult who will never give up on them, who understands the power of connection and insists that they become the best that they can possibly be. Is this job tough? You betcha. Oh, God, you betcha. But it is not impossible. We can do this. We're educators. We're born to make a difference. Thank you so much. Hey, can I sit with you for a moment? You know you're doing better than you think, right? You see, no matter what this life is trying to take from you, you're still here. Uncontrollable sickness, you're still here. Lost everything you're still here financially struggling you're still here your husband your wife your boyfriend your girlfriend they all left you heartbroken you're still here 
How many times have you told yourself there'll be no tomorrow for me? Yet each and every day you get up, put your feet on the ground, look life in the face and say, let's try again. And if that isn't a true testament to just how strong you are, I don't know what is. So no matter how many hardships or heartbreaks you face in this world, you're still here. And you're doing better than you think.
this world and as we trim the tree, how much fun it's gonna be together. This Christmas, the fireside's blazing bright. We're caroling through the night, and this Christmas will be a very special Christmas. have been invited to attend the mayor's holiday open house and that will take place on December 14th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Elkhart City Hall. They are asking everyone to join us for hors d'oeuvres as well as bring a non-perishable or monetary donation for church community service. Hope you get a chance to celebrate and get to know the mayor a bit more, as well as supporting a local agency. Take care. Presenting the 8th Annual Feed Our Friends event put on by the Elkhart Chapter Nana Blacks Expo. This will take place on Sunday, December 18th at the Hysterical Storcore Roosevelt Gym located at 215 East Indiana Avenue in Elkhart, Indiana. They will be supplying a Christmas dinner as well as gifts for the kid. They are looking for people to assist. If you would like to donate or help out in any 
capacity. Please call 574-226-4328. And you may talk to Mr. Robert Taylor. Take care and have a wonderful day.
Hope you got a chance to enjoy some random Christmas stuff this weekend. And you get a chance to continue to anticipate the arrival of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We expect an arrival here in about 15 days. Sometimes hearing the Advent story gives an insight of who he was and what he is to become. Hope you get a chance to enjoy. Just chill. Enjoy time alone or with family and friends as we walk this journey. And we're still waiting for the arrival of our Lord Jesus Christ. Take care and have a wonderful day.